when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, <laughs> like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. It's time for Carolina football. Let's get the fuck out of your seats. Spurs up. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bredden, and I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And unfortunately, flying so low once again. But hey, we got uh, early signing period coming up, so had to jump on here, preview that with you guys. I've got... Uh, Bunch of recruiting news, a lot of stuff to break down here, and if Cousin Shane was on this one, like I said on the last one, he wouldn't be much good anyway. He doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't follow the recruiting as much, but his end would be pretty silent anyway, but uh, hopefully he's saying he's going to be on the back the next one. He says that every time, but we'll see. But I don't want to leave you guys hanging going into the, the early signing period, the real National Signing Day, now that they've changed the rules to allow multiple signing periods but uh hey we'll get into that in just a moment because i wanted to start we're gonna give a shout out here carriages fine clother in baton rouge and why am i why the hell am i mentioning them go tigers 20 percent discount at checkout on all shoes you must ask for the dan mullen discount at checkout <laughs> That this is real. This is a real advertisement. And once again, this is uh, Carriers Fine Clother and Baton Rouge are giving that sale after Florida's Marco Wilson tossed the shoe. So I mean, that's great. That just tells you all you need to know about college football, right there. I thought that was too fantastic not to share. A great troll there, and hell, you get your marketing out there. I mean, it's a brilliant move by them. Always like to start with something light if we can, but hey. Let's move on quickly here to Mario Cristobal, the Oregon head coach, rumored to be a candidate there for Auburn. Now, of course, the uh, you know I hit it on the last episode. Speculation continues that Kevin Steele is the main target of Auburn's coaching search after replacing Gus Malzahn. But why have they not just named him? You know that doesn't really add up. We got their early signing period, the National Sign Day coming up here. In just a day, why would Auburn go into that without a coach unless, like I keep hinting at, they're waiting for someone that's coaching in these games? Well, guess what? Mario Cristobal's team coaching in the Pac-12 championship. So not saying he necessarily is the hire, but he was asked about it here recently, and he he left a lot to be desired here, I think, if you're an Oregon fan. 
How bought in is your coach on Oregon? He it sounds like he's saying he's waiting for them to get the contract done, which of course he's trying to say, show me the money. Mario, have you or your agent been contacted by anyone at Auburn or a coaching firm regarding their open position? There's a lot of rumors for flying and just asking you. Yeah, we seem to get a lot of rumors at this time of year, you know, and uh, I, this is what I can say. I can say that I haven't been contacted. Okay. Uh, I don't know if my agent being contacted and I talk to him every single day. Um, and I, I trust Phil Knight. I trust Rob Mullins. I trust our administration and I trust people here at Oregon. And as you guys know, we have been working on something when the pandemic first hit and things kind of stalled and things have picked back up. So um, I've always been transparent with every single one of you and I will continue to do that. So hopefully the next couple of days, there's more stuff to talk about as it relates to that. But in itself right there, hopefully explain to you exactly where things are with me. All right. So like I said, I mean, how's that a way to answer your, you know, you're, you're interested in the Auburn job. He says he's got trust in Oregon to get this thing done. And if you don't know the backstory, his contract apparently is, I don't know if it's up or if they're in current negotiations to extend it. So that's what the way I understand it. There's a deal being worked on, not agreed. And when you got a guy out there saying this, I think the message he's trying to put out there to Oregon is, you know, get this done, get this deal done. I'll sign it. Otherwise, we got other teams other programs interested in me, just let just throwing it out there. So one way or another, Mario Cristobal, sounds like he's about to land him a nice contract one way or another from Oregon, more likely, you know, without a doubt, Oregon. But how juicy is that going to be? It depends on if Auburn makes a run at him, I guess. And I would have to say someone's a candidate out there because if it's Kevin Steele, just name him. Otherwise, you're hurting your upcoming – recruiting class, and I think we're going to get to that in just a second. Let's kick down to Kentucky real quick. Where the Wildcats have officially named their new offensive coordinator. They're going with Liam Cohen, a guy we referenced, uh, but truthfully I didn't know much about this guy until they I got word that they were going to make the hire, start doing some research. He's a Rams assistant quarterback coach, was formerly their assistant receivers coach. And this is an interesting hire by Mark Stoops. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say it's good or it's bad because I just found kind of found out about this guy more or less. But he's got a solid track record here working in the NFL for a couple years under Sean McVay. I mean, that's impressive in itself, given the fact that uh, seems like every assistant coach that works for McVay as a coordinator or quarterback coach is landing head coaching jobs in the NFL. So we all know how respected that offense is. And Cohen, before working with the Rams, he's worked as an offensive coordinator for the University of Maine, which I know that's not that impressive, but he's got the uh, coordinating experience. And I believe it was uh, ESPN's Alex Rittenberg, I think is the guy's name, Adam Rittenberg. He said this Cohen guy almost got the uh, Boston College offensive coordinator job a couple of years ago, but I think uh, he went the NFL route instead. He's been a coordinator at Brown at Rhode Island, and he played at UMass. He played quarterback, rewrote the record book at UMass. So, again, not necessarily qualifications to be an offensive coordinator in the SEC, but you're getting that McVay-type system. This is, uh, you know, people are going to make the obvious comparisons to Joe Brady. Is this Kentucky's Joe Brady? I, clearly, you don't want to go that far, but 
I think that's what uh, Mark Stoops is doing here, and that's I like it because this is a guy that works with the quarterbacks. He's going to be the quarterback coach at Kentucky as well, in addition to being the offensive coordinator. They've not yet named the offensive line coach, but it sounds like that's going to be, uh, I, I believe the guy's name is Eric Warford, the uh, South Carolina Gamecock offensive line coach, as soon as Shane Beamer decides if he's going to keep him or let him go. And I think the assumption is he's going to you know, hire his own offensive line coach he's headed to Kentucky that's what I'm hearing so Kentucky may quickly here have a quarterback coach offensive coordinator offensive line coach with uh in in just a couple of days time here you know the big issues at Kentucky you got to develop a quarterback you got to develop some receivers someone that's done it at the NFL level while Cohen has been with the Rams they had uh, 2,000 yard receivers last year last time they did that was 2002 so guy clearly knows what he's doing Sharp, young mind, offensive mind. The SEC defensive coordinators are not going to be completely prepared for this guy because they never faced him. So there are similarities here to Joe Brady. So, of course, they don't they don't got a Joe Burrow down there at Kentucky just yet. So uh, let's not put those expectations on him. But overall, good hire, I think, by Mark Stoops. We'll get into this more. Stoops met with the media and talked about it. Cohen met with the media and talked about it. But Let's fo- we're going to focus this one mainly on the recruiting, so we'll get back to this after the signing, the early signing period. All right, last team we're going to hit on real quick here. Let's jump it on down to Mississippi State, where Mike Leach, my God, went on another epic rant here. Didn't use this on the last episode. This was actually from Monday's press conference. But he was asked about the, you know, how unique and terrible and horrible this season was and everything they had to deal with and put up with down there. And not only Starkville, but everybody's had to deal with it. And this is just the most epic of epic rants we've got from Mike Leach since he's come to the SEC. Let's kick it over to the Pirate. Mike, in terms of this regular season on the calendar, obviously you guys are playing regular season games a lot later. How are your guys, you know, kind of staying engaged? How, do you feel like they're still pretty engaged in terms of that and in terms of just kind of the drag of this season, at least as long as this season's been? You know, that's kind of relative because we started later. I think the thing that's a drag and that's a drain is um, the stop and start, okay? These guys are playing. These guys aren't. You're going to play, you're going to play. Oops, no, now you're not going to play. Okay, we're not playing them this year. Oh, well, no, we're going to play them in two weeks instead. Okay, the season ends now. No, it doesn't. It ends now. Okay, uh, uh, and then, uh, okay, recruiting. What can you do? Well, you can do this. You can't do that. Well, you can do this instead. Well, you can do that, but not this. Okay, and then, okay, are we going to go ahead and have signing day when it is? Yes, we are. Uh, well, maybe we're not. Yeah, we probably are. Yes, we are. Okay, uh, okay, are we practicing today? Oh, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> okay, so uh, this many guys were positive. Oh, okay, who are the contact tracers? we got to tra- track that down. Okay, well, how many O-linemen do we have? Okay, well, who's going to play guard? Okay, now, um, <clears throat> uh, do we have enough corners? Well, I don't know. Well, this guy... Uh, he played a little corner in high school, and then, um, okay, what time does this start? Well, I don't know. They're going to change that, okay? Uh, now there's a procedure for this. We're going to test this many times a week. No, it's going to be that many, okay? And so contact tracers are out this long? Okay, no, they're out that long. Okay, what, what constitutes a contact tracer? And then in the back of that, you're wondering, okay, well, the NFL does it one way, we do it another. Okay. And then, um, uh, 
you know, it's just the stop and start and just the incessant uh, change, adjustment. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, you guys are dealing with it yourselves. I mean, you, I see you all sitting in these rooms and uh, some of you look a little more cheerful than others and some look, uh, tried to look cheerful, but you're kind of gloomy because you're stuck in there. And then, um, uh, <clears throat> and so then, uh, you know, we're sitting here, you know, doing it like this and, and, and pretending it's all for real. And uh, this is just like a regular press conference. Yeah, this is such a brilliant idea. Let's do it like this all the time. I mean, everybody's been through this. And, and, and um, you know, the ter determination, um, <clears throat> yeah, we got some problems we have to deal with. Um, and then, you know, anytime you get committees involved in something, it's going to be convoluted, twisted up. And then the politicians are trying to beat them chest, their chest and, and maximize on this at every step. And in the end, uh, together with all the commotion and clutter, we've created one of the most joyless seasons on earth. And hopefully we have the presence of mind to not repeat it this way again. <clears throat> Other than that, it's been great. All right, so is that great? I mean, Cousin Shane will certainly appreciate that one. I'd love to get his reaction to that. I'll ask him on the next show, but uh, I mean, he summed it up pretty well. Let's hope we never have to go through this again. Thankful we got it done. Thankful the SEC knows what the hell they're doing and we're not playing five games like Ohio State. There's only been one game in the SEC that's been canceled. I think there's only going to be one other one that's canceled, and that will be the uh, – Ole Miss, Texas A&M game, because I don't know how else they're going to get it in. But that's a hell of a record, man. If we're going 14 teams, 10 teams, 10 conference games, all 14, that's incredible. Hey, last thing before we get to the recruiting, just wanted to mention this too while we're at Mississippi State. According to uh, Steve Robertson of Jeans Page 24-7 Sports, the defensive coordinator Zach Arnett has landed a multi-year extension to stay with Mississippi State course it's always interesting how news like this comes out right before the signing period that's not going to hurt recruiting so maybe that's why that uh, information has got out there but uh, Steve very reliable reporter there down in Starkville so this is great news for Mississippi State as a guy that uh, is up for the Broyles award as the nation's top assistant coach he's deserves that recognition so this is a hell of a coup by Mike Leach just to get Zach Arnett down here and to keep him that would that's going to be huge for uh, the development of this program. All right, so I spieled on long enough here. Got tons of recruiting stuff. Let's jump to it. This is not a four-year decision. This is a 40-year decision. Come to the University of South Carolina and you'll be successful the next 40 years. Recruiting and retaining is our top priority. We're coming. We're coming fast. We're coming at you. The jet's fueled up. We're ready to go. He was my guy from the get-go. I watched all of them across the country. I, I truly believe Zach is as good of a quarterback as there is in the United States. I really, his arm talent is able to run and create plays and make guys around him like an old-school quarterback. And it's just he can do everything. We have more players in the league than anybody else. We play in the greatest stadium, we play in the greatest conference, and we're the LSU Tigers. If you love the purple and gold, you'll come play for us.
All right, so a quick refresher course for those that, uh, you know, maybe you're new to this or you just don't fully understand the rules. The early signing period begins Wednesday. It's a 72-hour window, which means it goes all through Wednesday, all through Thursday, and all day Friday. And then it closes again. So what does that mean? These prospects are allowed to sign during that 72-hour window. If they do not sign, then they have to wait till the first Wednesday in February which is the National Signing Day, the traditional National Signing Day. And based on uh, the couple years we've had this, we expect 80, 85% of the prospects, potentially more, to sign during the early signing day, so their early signing period. So that's why I kind of call this the National Signing Day. This is kind of what it has become. We'll have a very good indication of where things are going to land once the uh, recruiting classes are finalized. We'll, we'll have a very good indication by Friday. And more specifically, most of these actually happen on Wednesday. So we're going to be seeing tons and tons of action starting first thing in the morning, going all the way into the evening. And uh, the contenders right now for the nation's number one recruiting class, a lot of SEC teams, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and Ohio State. One of those four is likely going to finish with the nation's number one recruiting class. And it won't be finalized by Wednesday. It won't be finalized till February, till that National Signing Day. But we'll have a very good indication of where things are going to land by the end of Wednesday and uh, which team could, you know, it's going to come down to who signs and who decommits, who flips. There's a lot of uncommitted guys out there that are going to be announcing and some are going to be holding off. So that's why we, uh, we won't know till February, but we'll have a very good indication by the end of Wednesday. All right, I want to mention these two guys real quick. Five-star prospects that plan to sign on Wednesday, but they're not going to publicly announce where they're signing. They're waiting until the All-American Games, even though there are no All-American Games. <laughs> it's very confusing. Because of COVID, they canceled the games, still having ceremonies, still honoring these guys, still getting their jerseys. And I believe during that part, you know, kind of like they usually do on television where they – pick the hat out, whatever, on national television. They're going to do it here. It's just not going to be a game. It's just going to be a presentation. These two prospects, already mentioned him on the previous show, five-star linebacker Terrence Lewis from down in Miami. He's going to be picking between Tennessee and Maryland on Wednesday. He's going to be announcing it January 2nd. And that's the same deal for this next guy. Five-star offensive lineman Tristan Lee from Virginia. And he's believed to be looking at Oklahoma, Florida, LSU. Again, he'll sign on Wednesday is the plan, announced on January 2nd. And I guess I probably should have mentioned this when we go through recruiting. Hell, I could have just got this information five minutes ago. It could change by tomorrow morning. That's how recruiting works. Uh, we're going to get to some of that here in just a moment. But everything's subject to change. And why, you may ask, is that because, frankly, these guys change their minds. At the last minute, maybe a spot fills up. Maybe a spot opens up they weren't expecting. I mean, there's so many variables. Maybe a coach gets fired. I think that's why some of these guys don't sign. They want to see who gets hired, who gets fired, who departs, everything. So many moving pieces here, but this is the latest information as of Tuesday evening heading in to the early signing period on Wednesday morning. All right, and just case in point, some news that we had just on Tuesday. Four-star Alabama 
pass rusher Jeremiah Scooby Williams. He's a Florida commit. He came out and said, I'm delaying my signing till the National Signing Day in February. And Auburn and Georgia, those were his other finalists. You know, they're thinking, good news, we got another shot here at Jeremiah Williams. And then a couple hours later, he says, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm going to sign during the early signing period with Florida. So, like I said, things change quickly. But Jeremiah Williams, he's kind of flip-flop on that. We'll see. That's one to watch. Will he sign with the Gators? I expect him to now that he's come out and said that. But if he doesn't, could be good news for Auburn. Could be good news for Georgia. He's also got offers from uh, Alabama, Clemson, many others. All right, and more good news potentially for the Gators. Four-star defensive end from Florida, Tyreek Sapp, number eight strong side defensive end in the nation, announced he's already committed to the Gators. He announced he will be signing during the early signing period. Here's another one. Four-star Alabama linebacker Dylan Brooks, currently the highest-rated prospect in Tennessee's class. Sounds like he is going to hold off. He had been ready to sign. He's ready to sign for weeks and weeks and weeks. They had to beat Alabama. They had to beat Auburn to get Dylan Brooks. Now, the plan is to delay his signing till February. That Again, all this could be changing, but Pruitt's situation there on Rocky Top, kind of, he's on shaky ground. Auburn just fired their coach. He may want to see who gets hired there. Is it going to be Kevin Steele? If Kevin Steele gets hired, maybe Dylan Brooks uh, goes to Auburn. If Jeremy Pruitt gets fired, Certainly, you got to think Dylan Brooks not coming. So that one might be a smart move here by Dylan to see what's going on here. And got elite prospects like this, they're under no pressure to sign on on the early signing period. They've got all the time in the world. The pressure's on the school. So just throwing that out there. All right, here's another one. Four-star running back Armani Goodwin, formerly an Auburn commit. He has announced on Tuesday that he plans to sign on Wednesday. And I know he decommitted. I said that from Auburn but he's believed to be down to Auburn or LSU. So number five running back in the nation. The fact that he's announced he's going to sign on Wednesday, you got to feel like that's good news for LSU because who in the hell is he committing to if he commits to Auburn? Again, we need to figure out what's going on here. We don't have a coach. How We can't commit to – we don't know the direction. We don't know anything going on at Auburn. So Armani Goodwin, he's very close to uh, the running back's coach down there, Cadillac. But – not totally ruling out Auburn there, but certainly looks like LSU is going to get uh, the number five running back in the nation in the class. All right, how about this? Four-star linebacker, Navonke Strong. He decommitted from Mississippi State on Tuesday. Nation's number one junior college linebacker from down there in Mississippi. And that's good news for LSU or Arkansas potentially. Not going to Mississippi State, Strong isn't, so uh, he's he's – Expected to lean towards LSU. They're recruiting him pretty hard. And when you decommit from one school and the other one's recruiting you pretty hard, I mean, the writing's on the wall there. And how about this one? Four-star linebacker Trevin Wallace from Georgia. Recent Boston College decommitment. He was expected to sign with uh, Auburn during this early signing period. But again, since they fired their coach, he's reevaluating his options. Ole Miss, Tennessee, both of them. Right there, trying to get Trevin Wallace to, you know, come on down to Oxford and Rocky Top. I think he's uh, waiting until February, so the National Signing Day. So Auburn still's got a crack at him. Ole Miss, Tennessee, probably some others will, will start 
knocking on Wallace's door there, but uh, that's one to keep keep in mind. And then how about this was this is some wacky stuff here on Tuesday, but uh, three-star offensive lineman Macklin Pounders from Mississippi. The timeline here is is pretty weird. So he decommitted on December 9th from Mississippi State to Ole Miss. He was part of this damn flipness. Kiffin out here, wearing the shirt. We're flipping everybody. Their social media team's going crazy. And then here, six days later, decommits from Ole Miss. And it sounds like he's headed to Memphis. And there's a report out there that the Ole Miss coaching staff told him, hey, buddy, we're full. So I don't know if that to be 100% true. So you, you always got to take everything you hear with recruiting with a grain of salt. But committing and decommitting from the same program in a span of less than a week. something Something's up there. Why is he not going back to Mississippi State? He probably burned that bridge. And if that's the case, you got to feel bad for Pounders. I mean, potentially two SEC options. Now he has none. And that's just the dirty, dirty game of recruiting. I hate to see that. And uh, it's just wrong. If, it, if, that, if that information that is being reported is accurate, that's a terrible look for Lane Kiffin's program. Like I said, I don't know the full story. So, but if that's the if that is the story, that's hard one for me to uh, overlook. All right, flip season. Speaking of flipbus, Lane flipbus. We may, this may be why they uh, don't got room for pounders because we got a couple guys on flip watch here. Four star Tennessee linebacker Junior Colson. He's committed to Michigan from the Nashville area. Tennessee was after this guy a long time. I guess he said to hell with Tennessee. And the latest rumor is he may flip to Ole Miss. So be on the lookout, Junior Colson, what he does tomorrow, Michigan or Ole Miss. Probably going to be one of those two. Four-star Mississippi receiver Deion Smith. I believe he's the number one receiver in the state of Mississippi. Currently committed to LSU. He's going to make. Uh, he's going to sign at noon. And there's rumors he could be flipping Ole Miss. Ole Miss flipping everybody. But not all of them because four-star Tennessee – Linebacker Prince Colley, Notre Dame commit. Of course, uh, we talked about it on the last episode, but uh, Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee is the new Vanderbilt coach. Speculation, Prince Colley may follow. He's he's a you know he's from Tennessee, play at home, play for Clark Lee at Vanderbilt. The academics very similar, Notre Dame Vanderbilt. So that's something to watch. Prince Prince Colley potentially on flip watch. And here's one uh, for Arkansas fans. Big one here, potentially. I think the odds are slim, but still, any odds? You take any odds going into a National Signing Day. Four-star quarterback, Jake Garcia, formerly a USC commit. He's the one, uh, I think we talked about him on this show before. Really weird story. Southern California quarterback, committed to the USC Trojans, one of the top prospects in the nation at the quarterback position. And then, of course, California, they didn't play football this year. The high school football, that is. So, no high school football. What's he do? Him and his dad moved to the state of Georgia. And they're playing for old uh, Rush Probes down there. The guy with the two families. Keeping them hidden from each other. He, seem, he seems like a real nice guy. He's, we sure he's not an SEC coach here? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Jake Garcia, either way. Now he lives in Georgia. The expectation is for him to sign with Miami Hurricanes. But... Speculation out there, another school in on them, and that is believed to be the Arkansas Razorbacks. I know the Razorbacks got two quarterbacks committed, so 
you know, maybe this is just a little bit smoke that does need to be out there, but something to consider. Jake Garcia, four-star. This would be a coup for the Razorbacks, potentially uh, a huge commitment. Last two here, three-star running back from Arkansas. No, excuse me, three-star defensive back from Arkansas, Drayden Norwood. Been committed to Texas A&M for a long time. That was a surprise when it happened. Watch Arkansas there. He could flip to the Razorbacks. And then three-star Louisiana running back Logan Diggs, Notre Dame commit. But a lot of smoke. He's been uh, getting a lot of attention from LSU. Is he going to stay home? Would you rather play in the SEC or go to Notre Dame? I'd, I'd rather go play in the SEC for LSU. All right, final thing here I'm going to do. I'm going to run down the list of – this is a list here of all the uh, commits that I know are happening on – the early signing period Wednesday. So I'm just going in order of the times, and these times are all listed on Eastern Standard Time. So if you're on Central, obviously subtract an hour. We're going to start here with four-star offensive lineman Savion Bird from Texas. Uh, two SEC teams in on him, Auburn or LSU. So at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, find out where Savion Bird is going to go. If you're an Auburn or LSU fan, you're going to want to tune in for that. Three-star receiver Jimmy Horn from Florida. Really interesting prospect here. I've heard a lot of good things from him. You know, he doesn't have a great recruiting ranking, but Georgia is apparently very high on him. And then how bizarre is this? Jackson State. Why Jackson State? That's Deion Sanders' new program. So Jimmy Horn, I think, uh, you know, he's like a diamond in the rough here that Georgia's aware of, Deion's aware of. He is also announcing at 11 o'clock, Eastern time, one for uh, Bulldog fans to be aware of. Another three-star, Lyman Cameron Ball from Atlanta. He is going to be announcing at noon Eastern time. And Arkansas is one to watch there for Cameron Ball at noon Eastern time. All right, and then we're going to get to our first uh, ESPN. They're doing their televised National Signing Day coverage. This is the first guy that he's going to be announcing on. It's actually on ESPN2, but still national television. Four-star Demarius McGee from Florida. Used to be committed to Tennessee. Tennessee's still in the running, but LSU believed to be a favorite. Mississippi State and Ole Miss also in the running. Demarius McGee will be announcing his decision at 12.45 Eastern Time on ESPN2. Here's another ESPN announcement. Four-star running back Donovan Edwards from Michigan. Number one running back from Michigan. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, all in the running for Donovan Edwards. He's going to be announcing at 1.30 Eastern Time on ESPN2. And then one other nationally broadcast commitment. Big one here. Five-star linebacker, Xavier Sori from Florida. Here are the three teams in on the five-star linebacker. Alabama, Florida, Georgia. This is an all-SEC battle. He will be announcing live at 1.45 Eastern Time on ESPN2. All right, a couple more here. Four-star corner, Marcavius Brown from Florida. Uh, SEC teams to watch, Arkansas, Auburn, and Ole Miss. He's announcing at 3 p.m. Eastern. Four-star receiver, Xavier Worthy from California. Now, he's a Michigan commit, but there's speculation. Alabama trying to get in there. Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban, hmm, that's a pretty easy question. <laughs> 4 o'clock Eastern, find out where Xavion Worthy is going to go. Three-star corner, Dante Balfour from Florida. 
Auburn and Missouri wants to watch there. He's also at 4 o'clock Eastern. Big one here, huge. Five-star defensive lineman Mason Smith from Louisiana. All-SEC battle here. Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. I believe on his Instagram account. So if you ain't following Mason Smith, get on it. (laughs) Alabama, Florida, Georgia, LSU fans, because he's going to be announcing there. Four-star running back, Armani Goodwin from Alabama. We already referenced him again. Former Auburn commit. He's decommitted. Auburn, LSU, the two choices here he's going to be announcing at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Last one here, three-star defensive lineman Ian Matthews from Georgia. Auburn is in the running as well as Georgia Tech. He's going to be announcing at 7.30 Eastern time. That's the lineup. I know I just threw a lot at you guys, but, uh, man, this is going to be an exciting day. This is one of the best days, usually in the offseason. Now it's uh, in the middle of the season, which is pretty damn bizarre, but we're going to be breaking down all the actions. I can't wait to see, you know, who throws a hat, who pulls a bulldog out of the thingamajig, who does what, who burns this team, who trolls that team. You know it's coming. This is one of the most <laughs> entertaining days of the college football calendar and I can't wait I think you can sense the excitement there in my voice I actually have to get up early as hell just to cover this thing so I'm gonna hop off here give you guys a little bit of a short one but uh, Shane is supposed to be back again I keep saying it but that's what he keeps telling me I'm just relaying the information Shane coming back on the next episode to break all this down and we'll dive into a little bit to these games because Oh, we got to the SEC championship and some SEC games also. I, I've not been meaning to, uh, you know, not discuss those, but hell, we got uh, a signing day here to break down. So a lot going on in the SEC, and I can't wait to watch what's going to I keep saying it, but it's true. This is one of my favorite days of the year. So tune in with me. Uh, follow me on Twitter, SEC Mike. I'll be breaking down each and every one of these, you know, live as they happen. So, hey, enjoy the uh, National Signing Day, early signing period, day one. It's going to be a hell of a one. It's going to be a hell of a day. That's going to do it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.